Creating and rekindling memories. NHR. You know, timing is everything for an actor. And the reason I say that is because Adam Guest, uh, who is uh, one of my guests this morning, has just this minute walked through the door and sat down just as that song ended. Uh, so, good morning, Adam. Good morning. How are you, <laughs> how are you doing? Uh, I'm a lot more tired than I was when I woke up, I tell you that <laughs> I thought he was going to say, when, uh, from when you walked up the stairs. Well, it was a lift, wasn't it? So, and uh, we, we've got Adam, who's the director of Frankenstein at the Duchess Theatre, 21st to the 24th September. Uh, and also... We've got the monster here as well. Well, the part of the monster, played by the, the lovely Keenan Jones. Good morning, Keenan. Hello, Kev. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. Good, good, good. Not looking at all like a monster at all uh, this morning. And uh, we will get on to uh, onto how he looks like a monster a little bit later on. Um, but first of all, Frankenstein. Uh, it's uh, Nick Deere's adaptation of the Mary Shelley novel, uh, which was performed by the National Theatre. Um, um, how does this production... Um, differ to the Mary Shelley original? Um, this is more from the view of the creature itself. So, ev- from the start, the, the book starts with Frankenstein uh, learning at university and discovering he wants to go on this path. Whereas, um, the creature, this, this play starts from the actual birth of the creature. So, everything involved is from the creature's. Uh, point of view so it it's an interesting take and it shows a different side um to all the different characters um it's still very very uh what's the word true to the novel um and the, all the same characters are in there most of them um there's a few uh differences in terms of some of some of the characters from the book have been put into one character um but essentially it, it's the same gothic horror um masterpiece really Marvellous. Now then, we—I mean, we—we we know when we've seen the films uh, and probably read the book as well. Um, the sort of the the feeling that you get, and especially when you see the film, because you've got all the special effects and everything. And uh, if, if people have seen uh, the the play um, of it, the Mary Shelley play, they'll know that there—you've got to get that tension right. You've got to get the feeling right, and the whole feeling. And uh, it's not an easy thing to do in a theatre, is it? Because I mean, you, you've got sort of a big space to actually fill all that tension with. Um, so, as director, how do you manage to create? Tension and, and that whole feeling of I don't know, unease, if you like, uh, with great difficulty. Um, but uh, there's two two aspects to it. One, um, which I've been very blessed with, is the actors. Um, the actors know exactly how how far to push. It, they're not hamming at all. There's no ham in it. You know, there's no as far as this game of things concerned. It's very naturalistic performances. Um, and Keenan and everybody's done a fantastic job, a genuinely fantastic job. It's been one of my proudest shows to direct, but also one of the easiest shows to direct because everybody's been so good at taking direction and sort of getting on board with all the ideas. Um, so that's one side. But the other side is the technical side of it, so certain technical aspects. I'm very, very... Um, big user of sound when it comes to theatre. I think sound, music, sound effects, even just subtle bits, pieces that the audience may not even notice just crop up um, here and there. I spent a long time trying to find the right pieces to to go with certain scenes, certain moments, even scene changes, um, even 
sound effects and stuff that we've been using in, in rehearsal. I've tried to get the the rehearsal get them into rehearsals from the from the word go so that the cast know what to use for points of reference and nothing surprises them. Marvellous. Now then, what I like to do is when um, when I see a production that's coming up and everything, um, and I know sort of who is in the cast, without sort of looking at the parts they play, I try and imagine, who, if I was direct, who I would play in which uh, particular part. And to tell you the truth, as soon as Jack's name came up on there, I thought... It's going to be the Doctor. It's going to be Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> and I was right with, with that. He's just got the look of a Dr. Frankenstein. That, mm. This is even without makeup or anything. Um, <laughs> it is. I, saw, I saw him in the week and uh, I was chatting to him. And um, he's, uh, he, you can just imagine him as Dr. Frankenstein. Now, with Keenan, you see, I, I thought, yes, physically... Yes, he could be the monster because uh, he's a big brute. Well, he, he looks like he's lost weight, actually. That's <laughs> how, he was a big brute of a guy. Um, and uh, then I thought, yes, well, with all the makeup and everything, we'll, we'll get onto the makeup in a bit. Um, I, I thought, yes, I can, I can really picture you as the monster because then I could start to think of the physicality of the monster. And again, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on. Um, but when, when you was, you'd got the sort of idea you were going to do Frankenstein and everything, did you sort of, in your head, sort list the actors and the sort of roles that you would, like, as an ideal um, production? And, and did they turn out to who you wanted to be the roles that they've now got? Um, yes and no. Um, for certain characters, uh, yes, um, certain people I had in mind from the word go. Um Keenan being one of them, I'll be, I'll be absolutely honest. Um, and I'm so glad he auditioned. Um, <laughs> the, other people, it's amazing when you see auditions that people just, you've known for a long time and you think, ah, they, they, they're in that sort of a stable. But when they audition for a part that's out of the state and they can really surprise you. Um, so it's been, it's been lovely, again, to see the people excel in things that they wouldn't normally be seen in. Or be trying to do, and I think a lot of people in the cast—you might disagree, McKeenan—but I think a lot of people in the cast are feeling that it's a bit of a chance to do something that stretches them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's been nice to uh, do something different. Recently, I've been uh, angry uh, <laughs> villain who's not from <laughs> England, <laughs> so it's yeah. nice to play play a different role as well. Yeah. I think that's the same for a lot of people as well. When was it? Uh, I mean, when I was thinking, and I was talking to Keenan before you came, Adam. Um, I was thinking when the last time that you, you two w were in here, the studio, talking about anything. Um, and, you know, we, we said, yes, it's over two years ago. And sort of, it, it's like two years of your life as you've gone to bed and you woke up two years later because, yeah, it, you know, it, yeah. it seems to have just disappeared. Um, when was the last time that you were in? I can remember you came in for Boogie Nights. Was, was there something after that? And that and that was at um, Mansfield Palace Theatre, yes, wasn't it? That yeah, that was a long time ago. God, I can't remember the last time <laughs> I, I was in. I really can't it's remember. It was a while ago. Um, I think we had you on the phone for something, didn't we? Uh, the Panto with with Ben, of course. Oh yeah. yeah so. um, parade, parade. I think was on the phone again. Yes. But yeah, Panto. Yeah. So, but being physically in has been. Yeah, long time ago, which is nice to be in, actually, because it's like, you know... Some sense of normality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's good to be back. And in, in one way, for me as well, it, it was like sort of over that two-year period, you saw a lot of stuff online. 
uh, by Zoom and everything. And which it's nice to actually keep the sort of theatre thread going uh, online. Sitting in front of a screen, and the same with sitting in front of, you know, sort of these screens here and just talking to people, it's so different to actually having people in the studio and and chatting. And that, I think, um, it's very similar to going out to a theatre. So, I mean, how did, uh, and especially with with Encore, how did you sort of... (sighs) How did you cope with sort of having to do everything online instead of getting people in for physical rehearsals and sort of, you know, getting it in? It, with Encore, we didn't. We we were going to do Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, and then got cancelled, And we it? got cancelled. And that was the last thing Encore did before this. Um, so our, as far as Encore was concerned, I'm very, very proud of Encore. And the, and the sort of our legacy is the wrong word, but it, you know the, the history that we've got. Um, so I sort of wanted to, I wanted as fast as possible to get to the to this point yeah. where because we'd already been I'd already been waiting a long time before we started rehearsals um, and before we auditioned because I had to fight to get the show um, to to get the license for the show because not everybody is allowed to do it. So. Um, this is, the, I spoke to the license holders and of course with everything that happened in the pandemic they said, you're only this is the last time you can push it back so it was either now or never and now, fingers crossed touch wood, everything else um, we're on in two weeks no, we're week after next actually and um, you know, it's finally here but and when doing other stuff as well, it was hard because you, you had the constant um you had the constant interruptions, you had Zoom calls, people dropping out, you, you, people couldn't make it, people were ill. Um, likes of me, got a dog that was shouting at you every five minutes when you <laughs> thought you were talking to him as opposed to everybody else in the room. And um, it was it was tough, but it, it, it's nice to be back to that in rehearsal room, seeing people, actually seeing people work rather than hearing people read lines and... Um, because it was mm. tough. We was used tough. to have a read through, didn't we, on Zoom? Yeah, I think that was, and then that was it. Yeah, that was it. We had a read through on Zoom. I think we watched the um, when it was a, when it was on YouTube um, when it was na- released YouTube National Theatre Live. Um, yes. During the pandemic, we, wa- we had like a group watch party, watch it, um, which was nice. Um, and it was it was that was about it. Other than that, it was everything started in January. January. Uh, in, in person, and it was like, oh, it seems so long ago now. Yes. Um, but no, it was nice to be back. Great to be back. With with acting as well, I mean, you, you get sort of this acting bug, and uh, I know, it, well, for both of you, um, you, you've had sort of, in the past, you've had sort of one play put on then, uh, especially with you, Adam, then a week later, you're in another one, <laughs> then a week later, you're in another one. I mean, once you've got that sort of role, uh, the, the, the bug role, if you like, um, then all of a sudden for it to come to a stop, uh, as it did a couple of years ago. I mean, you lot must have been t- tearing your hair out, you know, sort of thinking, what am I going to do? Why can't, yeah, just everything. What, why can't I do this? Everything. It, it was it was a strange time. I remember in one week, because um, I work in a school, and then with also this being my hobby, in the space of three days, suddenly everything was stopped. So I was just sort of sat at home thinking, oh, what next? <laughs> what to do? Um, so it was odd. I think that's the that's the only word I can think of. Yeah. It was it was strange. Everything just sort of came to a halt. And at first, you you think, oh great, I I can just chill out. Yeah. And then you get to day three of chilling out, and you're like, oh, <laughs> I could really do a going out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I, I, I just interrupted Kev, sorry. No, no, um, I, I got a lot of work on that was before we were lockdown, and a lot of it was drama-based, and when lockdown hit, it all stopped. A lot of it has not even recovered. Mm. Um, so it was a lot of life-changing things, um, but, yeah, it's nice to be here and back in a room where we could actually sit and talk about it. Yeah, I'll second um, that, yeah. Theatre's a very physical thing, um, and uh, it, it surprised me that at the start of the pandemic, um, they, they sort of started putting on a few bits of theatre, but then saying that, you know, obviously you can't go within this distance of a person, you have to wear face masks, and you can't sing as well. I mean, yeah. theatre, especially musicals without uh, music, it's... Uh, you know, it's it's just not good. So, weather wouldn't do very well, would he? Well, all his, all his well he didn't, did he? <laughs> no, so, no, yeah. So, not. so I, I imagine for all actors everywhere now, and over the past six, seven months or so, when when everything has practically gone back to as it was before, uh, it, it must be great to actually just get back to the way you were and do the job that you, you know, sort of, you've put yourself to do. And, and, and just do it as it should be instead of sort of face masks and, and everything else. Cause, uh, and again, with, with stuff like face masks on stage, the two actors have got to read each other. Even though they know the story and everything, you've got to be... Yeah. And it's take, a lot is taken from cues and everything. And if you can't see the mouth... <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Very again, that must be difficult from an actor's point of view. Yeah. I mean, this, this show has got a lot of close contact in it and we couldn't have done it if it wasn't... if, if the same restrictions applied. Um, but it requires that intensity, that that physicality, um, and it's. It, it, I can't think of. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done it. Quite honestly, if it was any different. So, mm. um, lots of praise have got to go to the actors for dealing with it. They've been responsible as well. They've always said if they've if they've been poorly, they've given us lots of notice. Yeah. So there's no risk. Everybody knows that you know that it's been. You know, it is, it, health is more important than anything else. So, um, it's been been lovely, and I'm so pleased as well that uh, theatres now you, you can go, you can sit down. It's completely safe, same as it was before. Uh, you don't have to wear face masks, <laughs> uh, which is great. I mean, especially I mean, you wear glasses, Keenan. I wear glasses. You sat yeah. there with a mask on, and it, you, for me, it just started steaming up, and <laughs> yeah. I don't see anything on the stage. Eyes as well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, everything is back. It's all nice and safe anyway. So Right, tell you what, we're going to take a break for music and then we're going to be talking more about Frankenstein. Robert Palmer and uh, Doctor Doctor, give me the news. Bad case of loving you. Um, and uh, Doctor and Doctor Frankenstein. Because uh, you, you'll find some of these records... Well, uh, you two know anyway the cheesiness of my choice of music with uh, stuff like this. Um, we are talking Frankenstein, uh, performed by the Encore Performing Arts... Uh, who was those others performing arts on court? I had no idea. No, no. Trying try to <laughs> trade in on your good name. Uh, they were. Uh, it's being performed at the Duchess Theatre, 21st to the 24th of September. Uh, tickets are only £11. Buy two, take somebody with you. It's great. Uh, let's talk about um, the costumes um, for um, Frankenstein. Uh, it, it's set in, what, what is it, about 1818 or something, somewhere around there? Um, uh, late 18th. Uh, early 19th century, yes. So, uh, late 1700s, early 1800s. So, what's that, Regency? Or just after Regency? Oh, don't ask me. I'm no good with fashion, <laughs> as you can see. Um, so, so the, the costumes, it must... Uh, it must have been difficult to get the right sort of feel from the costume. Or, 
was it? How easy, how difficult was it to source the costumes for, for this particular production? Fortunately, we've had a, a hero who sorted our costumes for us, Amanda. Um, been absolutely excellent. She's, she's made some, uh, she's hired some. The craftsmanship that she has is, is brilliant, and the costumes look so good. I mean... Mine don't on purpose. Uh, I, I can't say I wear much at the start, but I, I shan't go about that because we'll actually lose ticket sales. Um, but some of them look brilliant, um, especially uh, Gary. Gary Levers mm. and, and Jack's costumes look incredible. The, the grandeur tailcoats and top hats, and it's brilliant. And I think anybody who's, uh, who's had a look at your Facebook page as well, I mean, they've got pictures there um, of some of the costumes yeah. and... Um, Right, I mean, I've seen Jack's costume on there, and uh, it's it's very sort of it, it again creates an atmosphere as soon as you see mm-hmm. you, you know you're put to that that sort of era straight away yeah. uh, with, with the costume, which is a you know it, that's a good thing for costumes yeah. to uh, to do, isn't it? So with your costume later on, Keenan, mm-hmm. um, so just dis- describe that because we I mean we've seen we have this image of Frankenstein the monster uh, in the films. And um, it, it's, I don't know, there's just, it, it's a very plain costume in the films. Does your costume reflect the films? Or, or Tell us a little bit about your costume for it's, later on. It's similar. So at the start of, of the production, as in, as in the book, Frankenstein's Monster, so the creature meets um, an old man. Um, and the costume... The way it sort of looks and the way it's got like patches in it looks like it's sort of been fashioned from this uh, this man's clothes played by Terry. Um, so it looks as if they're his clothes, which have been uh, like modified to fit to fit me to fit the creature. Um, so there's like tattered uh, shorts, but with like patches in the side to look like they they've been like uh, extended, um, and then. Um, a like tattered top that's sort of been ripped because it doesn't quite fit properly um, and then the creature actually gets Frankenstein's uh, cloak so I have a big cloak I look like uh, the Emperor from Star Wars when <laughs> um, it feels great um, so I can be sort of quite ominous with the cloak but then look um, disjointed as well without the cloak on, so it's quite nice to be able to adapt that that side of things. As but that well. that matches the the monster himself, doesn't it? Because yes, we, we all absolutely. know he's sort of made up of sort of yeah bits and pieces of, of mm. other things. So it's uh, really cleverly done. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about makeup because I know um, that uh, Amy uh, is uh, she's uh, she's the wizard with the makeup. I mean, she studied at uh, De Montfort Hall, yes, I believe, did, as well, yeah. and, and is now a professional makeup artist. Um, tell us a little bit about the makeup. Well, I met Amy. Uh, I knew Amy's brother, um, and I met Amy doing some filming that uh, for, uh, I was responsible for a while ago, and she made me up to look like I'd got burns. And she was such a lovely... And I just, on the off chance, I said, Amy, are you free to do Frankenstein? Because I think you have some great ideas. Because she loves the, the Halloween, the scary time. And she goes, yes, absolutely, I'd love to do it. And I said to her, right, OK, just go away, think of some ideas. I don't, I don't have a particular... I gave her some references. So rather than the old Boris Karloff, you know, bolt in the neck yeah. type thing, <laughs> I said, here's some references I've seen, um, but don't feel as though you have to be restrained by that. I said, just go away and come up with your own 
ideas. And then we had the promotional day, and that was the first time that she'd met everybody, and she came, and it was just like, it was like watching her one of the old grandmasters at work, you know, like Leonardo da Vinci painting the Mona Lisa, and you're just seeing her just going, yeah, this is how this goes on like this, and da-da-da-da-da. And within an hour um, or something like that, you know, she, when she started on yourself and, and Meg and various other bits and pieces, and it was like, yeah, it just... just it, just this creation, literally a creation, <laughs> just came out, and I'm like, yeah, this is fantastic. Um and just simple techniques that just look so effective. And she's a wonder. She's she's an artiste. So brilliant. So yeah. brilliant. And she's so excited to do it. You know, um, she's she's so keen. And she's lovely as well. She's got a good sense of humour, so she knows exactly what, you know, what is involved. Um, and so I've just said to her, right, you just set the time you need people for and go with that. And so... They are, as far as I know. <laughs> Look, looking at the, um, the the pictures again on Facebook, and I keep telling people to, to go to the site to, to have a look at those pictures as well, uh, just looking at Dr. Frankenstein, uh, Jack and his makeup, straight away, again, with, with, you know, with the clothes, the makeup and everything, there's that feeling that, you know, ooh, a little bit scary yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and everything. We've also tried to go for a little bit of a steampunk vibe as well. Yeah. Um, because it's that sort of creation but also it's science fiction um so i said to everybody with their costumes and makeup you could have a little bit of something mm. um and everybody seems to have gone for it which is which is good now i imagine the longest makeup time must be yours keenan or is it um it, it, it looks like a lot short. of times uh, we, we have uh, we've got meg playing the the female creature as well yeah um I think that we. Sh I think mine will end up taking longer because it's more of the full body. Um, but for the promotional material, it was I was in my uh, my main yeah. costume. So we're, I guess we're not too sure, but I would assume that mine will take longer. It just seems to whiz by because Amy just it, it does fires through. And she it. said, so "Well, clever. the more times I have to go at it, she says the uh, the quicker it'll take." So <laughs> yeah, and I was like, well, "There we are, then. That's it." <laughs> Let's talk about the set then, um, because we, we've done the clothes, we've done the makeup. The set, I believe, is rather special. Yes, it is. Um, we have uh, Terry in our cast, who I've known, for, we've both known for, for a good many years. Mm. And Terry's the sort of gentleman who he's, well, he's retired, um, doesn't have a lot to do. Uh, but he's, he's the sort of person who go, I'll, I'll, I'll do that, no problem, I'll do it. <laughs> and he's made certain bits of the set. So we have, um, we have a house. I say a house, I say inverted commas, but it's more of a frame. Um, because I wanted the set to be very, very minimal. Very minimal. Very sparse. Very open. And then make it more so that lighting and things can be used throughout. <laughs> so anything that has... A hole it's got most of the set's got holes in it so that you can cast shadows or various different things um but one thing i'm really looking forward to we are going to have mont blanc on stage the whole way oh right. um so not life size not life size no <laughs> not quite it's a bit like, <laughs> it's a bit like this is spinal tap and stonehenge it's a bit more reduced um but it's it's this it's going to be made of scaffold 
Um, I'm not spoiling anything because it's not like it's a big surprise because it will be there throughout. Um, and I said, the one thing I said when I was asking for it was, it's got to be climbable. And it's uh, Keenan uh, is going to be uh, demonstrating his best dexterity skills. Um, <laughs> and we're using it. It's it's there throughout as a bit of a symbol to say it's just this constant thing. It's this overarching um, natural phenomenon, you know. Um, and it's going to have... It, it, that's that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, but it, it should be something that should be quite spectacular. Um, and uh, it'll be different. And as I say, it's very sparse. It's not like it's going to be, you know, papier-mâché. <laughs> uh, so, so it should be good. It should be nice to see and to use and to just have this feel of it. I've heard it's impressive. Uh, and uh, we, we've touched on the lighting and the sound on there as well. Um, so it makes such a difference, doesn't it, in, in any theatre um, production? One, one of the things I said to the, the cast was um, the... That's the monster he's coming for us. They found us. Um, one of the things I said to the cast from the word go was that there's not going to be a lot of set to rely on. So it has to be an acting piece. So everything is there just to enhance what the cast are doing on stage. And they're doing an absolutely fantastic job, genuinely fantastic job. There's been times I've sat there and I've been almost in tears um, with bits of emotion, pride, and just generally awe of of the active that's on stage. And I'm like, yeah, these guys are good. So I can't, I can't fault them at all. And shadows and sound can be very evocative as well, especially in a horror um, mm-hmm. Sort of setting as well. I mean, shadows that they're, they're, they're frightening at, uh, yeah. at the best of time. And, yeah. and you know, when, when you sat there in a theatre and everybody is so quiet, and then all of a sudden a sound which maybe you don't expect comes up, and it's nice to see a whole theatre jump. I won't spoil it, but that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. There's going to be moments where the audience are going to be, oh, wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, and in any way, shape, or form. So I'll, I'll leave that hanging there. Lovely, <laughs> lovely stuff. Uh, and just before we play another piece of music, let's talk about the music on it. Because uh, again, just before you came, I was talking to Keenan about the uh, the Underworld soundtrack, which was uh, specifically written for the National Theatre mm-hmm. um, production, which you're not using. No. Um, so tell us a little bit about the music that will be used. Or I, I, I'm imagining it, it's not it's not going to be sort of songs or or stuff like that. Um, it'll just be um, like an incidental soundtrack. Or um, am I wrong? Well, Terry's wife, Susan, she composes music. So she's composed some original pieces for some incidental bits and pieces. And Is that I've, Susan? Susan, Susan yes. Yeah, yeah, Susan. And she's wonderful. We had a, we had a good day the other day. And we, we, again, from the word go, I've said, right, let's just work out what we want. So she's not. she realised she wasn't doing everything. But there's some key moments that she's scored but also we've I've, I've gone away and I've spent a lot of time trawling through Spotify mainly I've noticed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> anybody that's linked to me on Spotify will see some very You're very odd tracks that come up um, mainly because I've been listening to uh, and I like to listen to the whole track and I think right there's a specific piece in there so I've found pieces from um, Alien I found pieces from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I found pieces from The Witch. I found different bits 
from various horror and non-horror films um, and general score because there's a lot of people on the internet who just make music mm. and these have these these soundscapes and um, they've done some brilliant work so I've worked them into it as well um, and it's been a lovely <laughs> three years it has been about three years worth of sitting and just researching and going through. I have a, a master playlist of it's called Frankenstein Master and it's just all the songs that I've found gone right I'll add that and I'll listen to it in a minute and then I go through no get rid of that one no um, so various different pieces of music and it's it's been a lot of late nights because I've just been sitting listening to it oh this is amazing just just trying to listen to the music even then forgetting that I'm supposed to be doing it for a show <laughs> so one song uh, one piece of music that uh, isn't involved uh, in the uh, in the play is this one that is uh, Dave Plot 5 Bits and Pieces uh, which is what the monster uh, is made up from of course Frankenstein uh, which you can see at the Duchess Theatre 21st to the 24th of September in the studio we've got the director Adam Guest and uh, the monster himself what the party's playing as the monster he's not a monster at all Keenan Jones um, so Let's talk about the physicality of the monster. Because, mm-hmm. again, going back to the film and everything, you've got this sort of lumbering creature with his arms stuck out in front with bolts in his neck <laughs> yes. and everything. Uh, we've got that image of Frankenstein. Uh, that I, I, I've not seen the National Theatre production of it, so I, I don't know sort of anything. This will be my first um, experience of this. Um, so everything else I see afterwards is going to have to live up to, to your, <laughs> yours. Um, so what... Uh, what what is the I mean the actual physicality of the monster? I, I can't imagine you sort of lumbering across stage with your arms out front like a sleepwalking <laughs> yeah. zombie. It's well, not quite zombie. like that. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it it's such a big range. So it starts from the, the first thing you see is, is the birth of of the monster. So I start from being insanely immobile, and then by the end of the production, it's it's as if I like every other person and and can move normally um so trying to integrate that with each scene and each um time that time passes trying to just add a little bit more make it try and get it more natural natural until it until the end and the the, the final time that I'm seeing where it is as natural as as maybe the monster can be um so that's been fun um it's been exhausting as well. Um, yeah, the first the first sort of half half hour of the production is uh, is quite tiring. There's a lot of like balancing and using my arms to to prop myself up and, and things like that. But that's fun. That's that's why I wanted to to do it and try and push myself to do something a bit different. Um, and different different it is because. Um, yeah, most actors you see on stage, they, they try and be as natural as possible, but this is trying not to be natural. Yeah, the opposite. If, if you like, yes. And say so it, it, it's like Les Dawson, we're playing all the wrong keys, you know. A <laughs> yes, company, yeah. A company, uh, pianist, and then sort of having to relearn everything. Um, mm. So is, is that what it's like then for that first half, having to sort of relearn, if you like, walking and moving? And yes. We, we had... Um... Uh, Andrew Buxton, who helped uh, Adam with directing. Um, Andrew Bold. <laughs> got the wrong Andrew. <laughs> Sorry to both Andrews. Oh, I do that all the time. <laughs> Andrew Bold. Oh, he's one of my closest friends, so I'll get that in the next. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we had Andrew Bold help us with 
um, co-directing, who we worked a lot on the movement, um, and he was brilliant. He's, he's so good at getting the nuances, and that's that's what was good. So I, I'd do a piece and then, but I'm get this in and, and build this in, and he worked a lot off um, off babies. I think he was a expecting father at the time as well, so I'm sure he was he was very knowledgeable in reading up how uh, babies uh, develop, and so he took inspiration from that and condensed it all down into an eight minute section and then so I sort of developed through that eight minute section or hopefully I, I do if I do him justice I yeah, can't even do. get his name right so <laughs> let's take that you do you do, you do you do and it was wonderful having Andrew on on as, as part of the directing team as well because again he'd have these wonderful ideas that none of us had thought of and you're like ah oh, yeah that's, that's even better than, than the rubbish I just thought of so let's do that um, and yeah, he's he was as Keen just said he was expecting, and he's he's now um, a father. Um, <laughs> so he's not even going to be able to see the show that he's helped direct. So um, <laughs> bless him. But he's put lots of time into it, and he's and as Keenan said, the work that he put in with Keenan has been wonderful. I know what you mean about getting people's names mixed up. There's, there's two <laughs> actors straight away which come to mind as soon as you said that. Um, one is uh, Henry Ike and the other's Harry Illick. Now, even though they've got the same initials for each one, one's over in Derbyshire and the other was in Nottingham. <laughs> you know, so, and they'd look yeah. completely different as well. But uh, I, I can remember um, in Long Eaton, I was talking to Henry... Uh, and and just calling him Harry all, all the <laughs> all time, time. <laughs> and he never corrected me. He, he didn't. So, but uh, I, oh, it, it's the brain that's what yeah. that's what happens with it. So, um, it, it's looking at the the script, the Nick Deer script of it. Um, it's only I think about seventy odd pages long. Um, that that to me thinks it's not going to be a very long production. But then again, I suppose reading it from the page. You know, it, it, you can't sort of gauge how long it's going to be. Uh, so it, is it a long production? Is it an average one? Or it, 70 pages, not long. It, it's very deceiving. Um, mm. When I read, when I first read the script, it was one of those page turners. It's a bit like a novel. I was like, I'm wrong with this script. I don't know what happens next. But this, uh, especially at the start, there's certain scenes that are only described in one line. So it could be, um, it's night time in the forest... Um, the creature sleeps, he wakes um, to, uh, to the dawn. Now that's, that is less than three lines. But when we do it, it's about ten minutes. <laughs> um, because it's this whole scene that we just wanted to capture. And it's like, well, it could just be, oh, wakes up. No, it was it was something more. Um, so it is about the reading it, it seems really short. Yeah. I read it in less than a day. But when you're <laughs> when you're doing it, you're like, oh, actually, this is actually a bit longer than, than it looks on the page. Um, but I think the first, I would say the first half an hour, you probably, like Keenan said earlier on, you hardly any speak, speaking at all. It's mostly physicality. It's mostly, um, there's a few lines here and there, but until somebody, there's an actual exchange of dialogue on the stage, it becomes a bit of a surprise because, oh, there's, there's talking in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully people don't think it's a interpretive dance show. Um, <laughs> Frankenstein the musical. <laughs> Have ballet. That question. Uh, is it a musical? No, it's not. It's a play. It's a play. 
I suppose though we sound and light again. That that is going to lengthen any sort yeah. of uh, any scene at all. Because yeah. um, as we said before, we could do a lot with sound uh-huh. and light and, and make it uh, mm. that. So I mean, if you just say dawn chorus and you think of the things that are associated with the dawn yeah. chorus, and with that scene in particular, it's very it's very poignant and very. It's nice. It's lovely to see, and the, yeah, I'd like to think the music that I've picked for it is quite. You know, it's it's a nice relaxing moment, possibly for the audience. Maybe I don't know. They'll have to wait and see. And possibly um, sets a false sense of security as well. Definitely, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah. with, with, with the script, um, but yeah, you said that uh, it's not. There's not a lot for Keenan to speak uh, to start with. Um, it, is this the best script that you've ever had to learn with it not being many lines? <laughs> um, it, it certainly starts off with not many lines, and then <laughs> it, it exponentially grows into uh, millions of lines. It's, it, it's been one of the hardest because of the jargon mm. that's in it, and it's all the, there's for Jack. I'm sure it's been harder because a lot of it is just scientific, like waffle mm. um, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but again, similar to the physicality for the speech as well I had to work on it being really stripped back at the start and then and then again to the end where I can express myself using like big words and, and sounding quite clever um, again when I first read it I was like oh no there's not many and then when we started rehearsing it I, I suddenly realised how many lines I did have to learn <laughs> but we've managed it we've managed it I suppose as well with with Jack's role um, as well and learning all these sort of uh, the medical jargon mm. uh, and everything, it's okay, I suppose, learning a script and getting it down pat, but then you've got to deliver it in a way that it sounds like you know what you're talking yes. about, which uh, I imagine that that's, uh, that's something that's not as easy to do as what people probably think. Yeah, I think it's quite hard. Jack certainly cracked it. I think there's a couple of scenes where it does just seem like he's making it up uh, which obviously is absolutely the the intent that we're going for. Um, it's 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 nailing the the intonation in the word. Yeah. I think to make it fit because if you don't know what a word means, you might say it wrong. And yeah. it's just that sort of side of things. But enough rehearsal, enough practice, and we've had three years yeah. of it. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, we've got it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you what, before our final little chat, I've just noticed the time's run away with us. We've only got about 10 minutes left. Um, let's play another piece of music um, and then we'll be back with a final chat uh, to Adam and Keenan. Alice Cooper and Teenage Frankenstein. We are talking about Frankenstein, which is being performed at the Duchess Theatre 21st to the 24th of September uh, by Encore Performing Arts uh, director Adam Guest and uh, the monster, Mr Keenan Jones, uh, is in the studio to talk about it. Now then, with, with all Encore Productions, um, the, the, there's a charity yes. in, involved. Tell us a little bit about the charity that's involved with Frankenstein. So we thought that with the theme of Frankenstein um, we wanted to support Bliss which is a charity for premature um, and poorly children um, and we thought that it was quite fitting so we're raising money for them they support families um, I believe also that Keenan has had some involvement with the charity as well um, in the past um, and so we thought that with the theme of birth and um, coming of age um, it's less of the horror side of it because there is a lot of horror in it um, 
the 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 actual message of the show and the, the theme of the show. I wanted to support Bliss because we try and match up charities to yeah. the show. Um, we want to support Bliss, so the charity that supports premature and um, children that are born early. Brilliant. And uh, will will there be sort of like collection buckets as yeah. usual? And, There'll be yeah. collection buckets on the way out. We usually ask people to donate yeah. when they go out. Um, so yeah. Brilliant stuff. So uh, now then, Wednesday night as well, you've got a, a Q&A session. Um, yes, Adam maybe. looked very puzzled then maybe. when we, I said we that. Did, no, we may have. Um, we're trying to get as many people as possible to, to do a Q&A session, uh, audience members, that is. Um, so we've we invited a lot of schools. I'm still waiting to hear back. Uh, but um, it may happen, it may not. But if that does happen, then it'll be very interesting for anybody involved because they'll be able to ask questions of the cast, uh, of the crew, um, even me if they want, um, but mainly the cast, um, so that they can ask any as potential questions, like how they've interpreted certain bits, what things they found yeah. difficult, like you have really, Kev. Um, but they may have questions they want to ask, so we invite anybody along to come along to see the show and get involved in the Q&A. Brilliant stuff. Uh, and uh, tell us where we can get tickets from. So you can get tickets from the theatre, uh, Duchess Theatre, or you can get them from uh, Encore Performing Arts' um, Facebook page. Uh, if you go to the Facebook page, any of the social media will direct you to uh, the link to buy tickets. So if you just type on Call the Theatre's website. Or the Theatre's website, it's the Duchess Theatre as well. They'll have them on there. And of course, I always mentioned uh, Saturday mornings as well at the Duchess Theatre. They've got their coffee mornings. Uh, and uh, can they get tickets on the Saturday morning? They can get tickets on the Saturday morning. Just pop in and they'll be able, there'll be somebody there to sell them tickets. Brilliant stuff. Get a ticket in £11, or is it from £11? From £11. From £11. Go and uh, get your tickets. Uh, go and get a, t- a slice of cake and a cup of tea as mm. well. <laughs> so that's almost whistled gummage, isn't it? Um, so <laughs> thank you so much for coming. It's great to thank see you, you too again. Likewise, good um, to be back. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen you sort of previously with, with Parade for yep. yeah for a quick hug and a quick chat, um, but uh, not to sit down and have a proper chat. And Keen, it's always great to see you in the studio. Yeah, so thanks, Kev. Cannot nice wait to see this makeup uh, <laughs> on Keen. And, uh, yeah, I can't, so... <laughs> <laughs> 21st to the 24th of September it's at the Duchess Theatre in Long Eaton uh, loads of parking around there there's about three different car parks that you can use so no excuse yeah. and it's on the bus route and everything else it's going to be a great performance Frankenstein the Duchess Theatre uh, go and get your tickets uh, and £11 what, I mean, from £11 what can you get for 11 quid nowadays a great night's entertainment at the did you know that Nottingham Hospital Radio is a registered charity As a result, we rely on people like you to donate to it. All our members are committed volunteers who run the service for the benefit and entertainment of the patients in the Queen's Medical Centre and City Hospitals. Research has shown that listening to hospital radio can positively benefit a patient's recovery, and we think it's a very worthwhile thing to do. Donating to NHR is easy and rewarding, so please log on to nhradio.org.uk and go to the donate page. That's nhradio.org.uk slash donate. You'll be glad you did. And thank you.